0: Welcome back to Footballer Season 3, Episode 8. Today is October 24th, 1 p.m. UK, just after content drop. We got a lot to talk about this week. Paul, Matt, thanks for joining me. How are you doing, Matt?
1: I'm doing well. I had a excellent weekend league, so I'm very happy as it goes. I waited until very late Sunday night to play my all of my games. And it just seemed soft as hell. Some of the matchups I was getting we were extremely friendly. Took a couple of losses that I probably shouldn't have done, so I could have done even better. Um, But got to rank five with five matches remaining, all very comfortable. Yeah, it was was a walk in the park for the most part. So it's quite refreshing to go from the super hardcore grind of rivals, which is about 90% of what I've played so far in this year's game, which kind of makes you feel like a piece of shit sometimes, especially with the amount of variance the game throws at you. It doesn't give you a, a true sense of where you're at because you're just constantly playing against tryhards of amazing teams. But when you come up against quote-unquote normal players in weekend league, everything sort of clicked into gear. Um, of course, also had the, the benefit of a brand new uh, special Arnautovic and posh card, the uh, Bologna dynamic duo, which was excellent fun. So all in all, yeah, it's probably the best weekend league campaign I've had in several years. I was just super over the moon, came out of the experience floating on air, happy as Larry. My wife was very pleased because I was in a good mood. Everything was good. And then the rewards were good too. So I can't complain.
0: (laughs) You said your wife was happy because you were in a good mood. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I still don't know who the fuck Larry is, but it seems like you kind of turned your game around. I mean, a couple of weeks ago we spoke, you were really struggling and now you're really enjoying it. So it's good to hear. It's been quite a while since we had a pod because we did the last one a little bit early, didn't we? So it's yeah. been like nine or ten
1: days and a lot can change yeah. in that time. And I was really struggling to put a starting 11 I liked and a system together. And I kind of settled on something. I was just like, Look, stop trying to make like amazing systems out of thin air. Um, base something off something you like in real life. And so what I went was with a, a Jose Mourinho era into Champions League winning team for my 2009-10, I think the year was, which is basically a, a 4-2-3-1 narrow. It's quite defensive and counter-attacking, which isn't my style, mm. but it's yielded much better results for me. And using fast, skillful cams instead of wingers seems to suit me a lot better. Um, so that started clicking into gear before weekend league. And then just before I was about to start playing, the Arnautovic and Posh duo dropped and they slotted in. Absolutely fantastically. And Arnatovich was exactly the type of striker I like. He can do a bit of everything. He's quite quick considering he's like six foot four. Very creative, great dribble, a good finisher. Can hold up because he's very strong as well. So I was very happy to have that over, say, uh, 85 Crespo, who I was going to end up using. Who's okay, but not on the same level, quite frankly. So um, the FIFA gods did me a justice for change and uh, I had a really good experience.
0: It's good. It's good stuff. I see a lot of people using that four-two-three-one. It's either that or it's a two-striker formation. You don't see a whole lot of whole lot of variants as far as your competitive gameplay. Paul, you were playing a little bit of competitive gameplay yesterday on stream. First stream back, had some bumps in the road. We had to knock out with some technical issues, but we got there. How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been a bit of a up and down weekend, busy. I set off to see George for his uh, surprise birthday party on Saturday. Four hours away, got two hours Damn. down the road, and uh, the bumper came off my car. So that were uh,
0: amazing. How did your bumper just fall off?
2: Um, it came off a few weeks ago, and I sort of bodged it back up. And I thought, oh yeah, this it's fine now. Um, it won't fine, um, <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> it's 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 fixed now. <laughs> and yeah, back to weekend league. Um, I played some weekend league and the gameplay were atrocious. <sighs> it was just bad. Pinballing all over. Um, just long, exaggerated mechanics by some people. Just weird. Yeah. But I got some decent rewards. I got a Sane from my three team of the week pack and out of my three reds, I got Joe Gomez who slots straight into my team. So, yeah, that were were decent. I did use that Ramos this weekend, and he were amazing.
0: He looks really good.
2: I did sell him, but I've bought one back now, and he's gone up quite a bit, but I'm not sure if I'm going to sell him or just just keep hold. Um, I probably will sell him, but I'll play with him a little bit more, I think, before. um,
0: You're going to sell him. You're going to sell him before the end of the pod.
2: No, no, I might play a game or two tomorrow, Wednesday finish my qualifying and get more rivals wins and then sell him before Friday.
0: Hmm. So like I said, it's been about 10 days since we did an episode. I was in the middle of a move. So we had to kind of do an episode a little bit early and give myself some time to get reoriented, reoriented, but I kind of learned something in this move. So I've always been a wired connection player. Right. And we've talked about this before, but the importance of being on a wired connection this year has never been more important in my opinion, because I hadn't had a chance to run any Cat 5 to the office where I play and record. So I started playing on Wi-Fi. Holy fuck, it's not playable. It's just not playable. It's a completely different game. It's a horrific experience. If you're not on a wired connection, figure out a way. Run a cable across the house. The wife will be mad, but it is what it is. It's for the betterment of the game. So then I tried a power line adapter. Got a little bit better, but started getting a lot of speed up lag. So currently, I'm just not playing competitively just because it's just It's not it. You can't do it unless you're on a straight wired connection. But I'll be getting that sorted out next week. But yeah, if you're not on a wired connection, please do yourself a favor. Figure out a way to do it. It'll make your experience much, much better, especially in this year's heavy-ass game. We did get rule breakers. Paul, you touched on it briefly. And the one person that I was really excited about that I haven't had a chance to try out was Sissoko. Has anybody tried Sissoko? No. No. Mm.
2: Is the answer to that one?
0: Disappointment. Well, who have you tried and who do you like besides Sergio Ramos?
2: I played, I used Havertz, um, but I've got his in form and I didn't really notice that much difference. But the games that I did play with him were really bad. So, you know, it's one of them where you're not going to notice that much difference. But uh, I played a few games with Thiago yesterday and he seems really good. And his price reflects that um, is, is over 400k. Uh the the three star weak foot worries me a little bit, but he's got unbelievable passing and dribbling, so I think that sort of makes up for it. But I think he's one of them cards that there's a bit of hype around him now. But as we get more, you know, more midfielders with those stats and the weak foot it will it'll sort of fade away a little bit. But it mm. were it were really good. Um who else have I used this weekend in my Squad, I keep going back to Nunez, um, uh, eighty-two Nunez, and he he does it like he just keeps knocking goals in. I've used Son a lot. I used that Falcao this weekend, and he's either amazing or you think, what the fuck was that? <laughs> so I'm not overly enamoured with him at the moment. He's still the the jury's still out, but I have only played sort of one weekend league with him, and he's literally very hit and miss
0: Hmm. yeah i played against him last night and like i said the gameplay was so bad but i was still trying to fight through it and he got in behind so many times he was 1v1 with the keeper and he just couldn't put it away i mean three times he was 1v1 couldn't put it away but i think matt you touched on it whenever i was excited to use him because back in the old days of fifa like fifa 14 fifa 15 falcao was a monster i mean he was destroying teams They didn't really do him any justice with his composure. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I think Falcao should have masterful finishing above everything else. And he's just a very well-rounded striker in this rule breaker version. So it's a nice, cheap card to get. So, no complaints in that regard. But in terms of accuracy against the player, I don't think it's, it's quite there. Um, there would be room to do a much better version of Falcal as a flashback or something later on, maybe that would be far better than this one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't even do him.
2: You look at his stats, though, and you think they're all there. He's got like low vision, but his attack positioning's 90, his finishing's 88, 88 composure. His agility is not great, eighty. But you'd think that would be enough at this stage of the game. But yeah, he just missed so many opportunities. Well, not so many. I'm being a bit harsh there. Um, he missed a few opportunities that you'd expect him to finish. The other cards that were not that didn't have the the stats that he's got has been finishing. Oh yeah, it was a flashback. This one, one of flashback to when he was shit. I think. Mm. <laughs> I missed everything. <laughs> flashback to when he was shit. I don't, know when, I don't know what part of his career that was. Um, the Chelsea but, yeah, days. They might have got it right
0: after all. You never know.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Good save. Thanks, George. What about um, any other player SBCs that we've gotten? I mean, just my opinion, and this might not be popular, sometimes it isn't, but I feel like the player SBCs this year have been very average, very subpar, very anybody can achieve them. It's not, you don't have these these huge players that require a lot of capital and a lot of commitment to go after like a, you know, like a 1 million coin SBC other than a Messi which I don't think a lot of people are going to do that one because he's going to be superseded anytime time now and he costs way too much in my opinion that you'll never get back. What do you think about the content thus far, Matt, since the game started as far as player SBCs?
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to like give us everything we want on a plate in the first few weeks of the game because they know we're all sort of content to be playing. We're buying FIFA points and stuff to, to get our competitive teams juiced up to play. Uh, you start pulling the, the big time SBCs out of the bag when um, player volume starts to come down just a little bit, perhaps in and around Christmas time to uh, invoke or trap in some new players, that kind of thing. I think it, it's, it's fairly normal that we're not getting mega SBCs at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people were trying to do Messi because just having that card and your team's a, quite a brag isn't it let's be honest especially now we're sort of over that initial everyone must have Haaland stage that we were in for the first two weeks people were sort of getting a bit more experimental in, in their lineups and trying different cards out and you know Messi's still a finesse god and whatnot and kind of suits that matter of just very tight light like, touch dribbling that's really effective in and around the area as always so I haven't seen many of them, I must admit, but I wouldn't be surprised if people are trying to do it, but it's a very expensive car for this stage of the game. Uh, It's not one that I would personally want to sink that amount of coinage into this early on.
0: Yeah, definitely expensive. But if you got it, you got it. You know, somebody that does have those kind of coins is Paul. uh, Hunter. (laughs) Hey. Hunter, I'm
2: lagging behind here. You're all the... You're the one who's bawling out of control. Um but I think when it comes to these SPCs, the ones that are gonna hold any real value in a club for any length of time, I think, were Valverde, player of the month, which is still there.
0: I'm still using him. Yep.
2: Alaba, he was another one, which, you know, you could probably use till Christmas, and it but his price did reflect that. And I really struggle against this Rashford Player of the Month. When people use this Rashford against me, I, I struggle. And it's not, you know, his stats are amazing, but he's just got that something. And I think Rashford cards early in a game, especially last year as well, um, they just they just had something, just sort of glides past people. Um, but yeah, I think most of the SBCs we've had have been shit, but they've reflected... That in the price, you know, these dynamic duos yeah. we've had, which I think are great value. They're not cards that you're going to use for a long time, but the cards that you're going to, uh, you know, use for a few weeks, enjoy them, and, at, you know, 30, uh, 83 rated teams, you you don't mind that. And we're still at the stage of the game where you can pretty much use anything and be competitive. So it's, you know, it's it's a bit of fun. We had that Insignia card the other day, which I've not seen anybody use or really talk about that much, but he and did it. he's sort of forgotten about a little bit isn't he, because of this um, lengthy meta. Mm. And um,
1: his MLS as well, but um, yeah. Zwebeck used him over the weekend to to pretty devastating effect. But even he admitted he's probably not going to be in next week purely because he's a pain in the arse to team build around given the league yeah. he's
2: in these days. Yeah, you yeah. You're, you're struggling with that, and we you know we've had some MLS cards that have popped up in in, in rule breakers that you could put in, but you know it's. It is difficult to to build a team with him.
0: The way they've priced these SBCs, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not bitching about the SBCs generally. I think it's great that they're giving people a lot of cards to obtain, and we've always said that. You need to make cards more obtainable, and it seems like they've done that. I just feel like they need to give something for those those extra hardcore players who, who want the, the juice. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll get one soon, but I did do Insigne based on a super sub only as he to me. He was cheap enough. I had the coins. I had the fodder. And if you can afford these type of players, like Insigne is devastating. If you bring him on 65th, 70th minute and you're in a tight game, he's a pace changer. He's going to, he's quick. He's great on the dribble. How's it go, Matt smooth on the jockey. He's uh (laughs) great, he's a lethal finisher. I mean, if you need somebody late to give you an advantage, to give you an extra pop, he's the guy. So I don't know if he's still available.
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. And we've said this before, have not we? Like this, this game where you can make five subs, you need to have a...
0: a, So critical.
2: ...a really good bench to be effective. Like so many times this weekend, I brought five subs on and it just changed the game. And I'm just shocked how even now people are still only making three subs. At the most, some people are making one or two, uh, but I'd much rather a fresh card that's half as good as the card that I'm bringing off who's knackered uh, with fresh legs, especially when people are putting pressure on you. The last thing you want, some big tired ass centre mid when somebody's pressuring the shit out of you in the last sort of 10 minutes of a game.
1: Yeah, I think um, aggressive interceptions are, are like super vital in this game, aren't they? The, and the longer that you can have them applied in the match, the the more advantage you're going to get in in the game itself. So being able to run aggressive interceptions for most of the game, knack a player out and swap them in light for lights to keep that going for the full ninety is mega important, particularly for like your CDMs and stuff. It's absolutely critical because there's so much ping pong in the midfield this year. You need to be able to absolutely dominate the center of the park to to do well in this game.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that naturally the gameplay wants to be narrow. And and like a lot of the formations that I tried last year that were effective this year, they all seem to to just drift toward the middle. The defenses stay pretty compact, but I feel like those people who can really use width, like the I played against a guy who was using the 4 4 with press after possession loss and aggressive interceptions. It was very difficult to get out of my own backfield and, or my own side of the pitch. but It's frustrating because I feel like after the patch is when we really started seeing this ping pongy type of the typical FIFA gameplay, right? Whereas before I felt like it was a little bit better. It required a little bit more skill in the passing, but we'll touch on gameplay in just a bit. But We did have some market, I guess, uh, some turbulence this week. Paul, I made a shitload of coins over the last few days with the whipsawing of the fodder and and the meta cards. What have you been doing in the market to make coins because you've really made a lot of coins this week.
2: I've been trying to find rare, out well not necessarily out of packs but um, some have been out of packs Um, Salah's Inform absolutely killed this week and that was sort of fluctuating between 520k and 645k I think I sold one and I must have sold about 10 of them this week and just and I haven't even been like trading really hard just buying a few when it's low selling when it's high and that has been very different for me this year. Like on the Xbox market, those rare cards are, are quite, there's quite a lot of them, but um, it's a different sort of a rarity in this this cross market. So I've been trying to figure out which of these cards does that. Been flipping a few icons that are fluctuating and then just pissing about with uh, position change and chem style. And it's it's hard to make coins just with position changed cards now. I feel like they need to be position changed and have a decent chem style to make any sort of coins on them. Um, but I've been ticking away, making a few coins, losing a few as well. I can't help myself sometimes. I just think, yeah, I'm going to buy these. This market seems seems to be going higher and higher and then it drops. Um, but I feel like every week I'm improving and the trading's getting a little bit better and we're consistently making more than we're losing. But there's been a lot of sort of talk this week about that hero SBC and mm-hmm. they're the cards that have not really gone up much. Everything else on the sort of higher end icons and stuff has, has gone up after that base icon SBC we had uh, last week. Some of them up by crazy amounts. Uh, but yeah, so these, all the talks been around this hero SBC come in, when to buy, are these too low? Are they going to drop at six o'clock? And we had it today, and the low was just before 6, it seems, or with some cards, first thing this morning. Um, And now they've absolutely taken off of the heroes. So many people just waiting to buy, traders waiting to buy, people wanting to buy them for the teams, and they've just gone up. You know, some of them that are sort of 250k have gone up to... 280 some you know 150 have gone up to nearly 200 some really nice coins to be made if you if you got in just just before six or just just around six o'clock but yeah it's been definitely an interesting one lots of people talking about it and everybody's just gone and bought
0: yeah it's been an up and down market i'm getting into a different method of trading and i want to wait until i can really nail it down before i share how i'm doing it because it really doesn't seem like there's lots of competition in the way that i'm doing it but it's basically a coin printing machine you can turn this thing on and and it just works but it, it requires a lot of work to do it yesterday i did it for two hours and i made 200k so it's just a matter of how much time and commitment are you willing to put into it to how many coins you're going to produce matt have you been putting any time into trading
1: Not massive amounts of time. I'm I'm enjoying playing the game more than than trading um, so far, but I imagine that'll change at some point. Um, Made some steady coins over some new rule breakers with position changes and chem styles applied, like Paul was saying. Uh, Emil Smith-Rowe did well for me over the course of weekendly it's started to slow down a little bit now that we've got nothing really to play for at the moment so those kind of cards are seemingly falling off a little bit but i think one of the things i'm accidentally doing really well in coin wise is i buy um hero cards a couple of days before weekendly with the intention of using them and i'm I'm tending to buying them very late at night because i i stay up far too late compared to most people like well past midnight when the market's a little bit quieter seem to snipe things
0: Messes as a vampire
1: yeah seem to snipe things a little bit cheaper than they go for most of the day say like 10 to 20k less than they normally sell for if we're talking like a 100k plus card use them in weekend league get out of weekend league relatively early most of the time Didn't this weekend but that's okay and just sell them for like 20 30 40k profit and that's worth several weeks in a row for me now and that's Something that it's nice because you can actually use the card and still make money from it when the time is right, which is ideal. One of the the things you can get caught up in if you're on a limited budget, if you start trying to trade before weekend league starts, you end up having no buying power to actually improve your team and you can get locked into your investments for a few hours sometimes. And that can be a bit of a nightmare. So when you buy something with the intention of, okay, if it doesn't flip straight away, I can still use this in weekend league and then try and get out whilst the the margins are in your favour. That seems to work well for me, totally by accident, but that's something that you could apply into a, a trading routine every week. And that seems to work well. And I think we touched on this last week on that the heroes are definitely the new icons as far as team building popularity is concerned. These are the cars that most people want now because it makes getting your team up to full chem so much easier than, um, most icons do this year there's not many people running all brazilian teams or something like that where those um, icons are going to come and clutch for the chemistry it's all about the heroes and that they, they do very well
0: yeah and that's another thing i wanted to talk about was the icons i feel like every and i know i touched on it last week but every single icon if you look at their price trajectory most all of them are on a downward slope very few are staying where they are and or even gaining i mean you're talking about one percent maybe of, of the icons and I think it's mostly due to the heroes and we still have these Marvel heroes that are going to come sooner or later too that's going to further degradate the icon market and I think this is just EA's lack of attention to the icons I mean we've had the same icons for years literally years years you know same card after same card after same card slight variations I really do feel like icons need an upgrade but Paul while we're still talking about heroes you said you saved your hero pack for the pod did you not?
2: I have, yeah. But I'll I'll just comment on that. I think when it comes to icons, there's a certain few that everybody loves that over the last few weeks, well, the whole market over the last few weeks has just continued to rise. Um, So it's been nice, Matt. You've been able to use cards. They've continued to go up. And, you know, it's it's been great because you're you're not losing coins like some years, especially beginning the last year. Like every time you bought cards, you were just losing coins on them. So it's been nice that you've been able to keep a card or two in your team and not lose, unless it's gold cards, lose ridiculous amounts of coins on them. But um, some icons that I've been sort of watching like mid-Balak, mid Zambrotta, they've held really well. And some of the less desirable ones have Started to have their sort of usual drop off, but heroes much more popular, like you say, for squad building, it's so much easier. Um, and as George just said, like, I think these heroes are new, people are a lot more interested in the newer ones and the icons. It's just the same old shite with a real small percentage of them that are any good. Um, I feel like there is yeah. more usable ones this year. But the usable ones are getting less and less as as the week goes weeks go on, aren't they? But uh, yeah, back to my hero pack. We've got a Yaya Torre coming, I feel, or a, uh, a Lars Ricken. But let's see what the fuck, you know. <laughs> let's see If what you get Lars Ricken, I'm gonna lose it. Who's You're this? Who's this? Go full oh.
1: Bundesliga! If you get
2: Ricken, Brolin. Oh, that's nice. Brolin. George Pack Brolin is about 200k. He's got a three star week for. He'll probably be. Okay, um, but for an 85 rated t- rated squad with an inform, you can't complain at all, at all. Like that's a uh, really good value. What are 85 is about eight k, so it's probably cost me ninety k. Um, so yeah, I think Could've it's really worse. good value. The base icon were really good value last week as well. Like I don't feel it was as good mm. value as this hero, but it's still still good value. I hope to keep 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 that up.
0: And what you guys get in your base icon packs? What did you get, Paul?
2: I didn't do it. Or you 86 it. and below. Too icon. much shite. And I didn't have the fodder in me club. And I don't have a bit of a rule. Don't I? If I ain't got it in my club, I'm not doing the SBC.
0: Matt, did you do
1: it? I did. Um, I got um 85 Crespo, which mm. at any other time I would have been very happy with. But I'd already tried that card and didn't exactly fall in love with it and I'd been using Hero Melito as my main striker instead who I thought was a lot better and it was about mm. a third of the cost in terms of the coinage but he was going to run my weekend league um, main striker position this weekend just gone until that Onatovic dropped and uh, Onatovic has put him firmly in the dust unfortunately so that one's probably going to go into an SBC at some point or I might just keep it sitting around because it's only very low value in terms of its rating. So
0: not great. Mm. Oh, I did get lucky on that one. I pulled that baby Roberto Carlos. So that was one of the better ones that you could have pulled. So there you go. The rich get richer. Well, you know, it is what it is. It's neither here nor there. Let's talk about EA and how they're combating trading, because this is something again, today we got another five free position change SBC. This is the fifth or sixth one they've done in the past couple of weeks, and they've really been effective with this because they have absolutely slammed position change cards. They're now just below 1,000. You can snipe them. It's beginning to be much harder to make coins using these cards just by themselves as consumables to flip. Also, 100 Kim style cards, shadow Kim style cards, everything has been slammed, and I don't know if this is... Promo packs because most of the promo packs are player packs, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not sure where the supply is coming from, unless they just up the pack weight. But what do we think about this, Paul? Am I correct in saying that they're targeting trading of consumables and certain items in the market? I feel like
2: for somebody who don't even trade, this is just an easy an easy way of making you know hundred k a week if you wanted to. Um, and EA don't want that; they want casual players not to make 100k a week they want they to have to go spend fifa points for that 100k um because you know coins are easy to come by you've got to play a lot of games and hope on a bit of pack luck to get any sort of meaningful amount of coins so they don't want people just to be able to get coins easy and that's just an easy method so they're putting these out and they're getting lower and lower um but while ever they're hard to snipe which they are people are going to be able to make coins on them. Even if it's only 200, 300K, uh, 200 300 coins per card, people are still going to be able to do it. Um, and I don't know if they just want to make them so they're fucking discard or what, but, you know, come on, we need some value in this, especially like for position change uh, trading as well. You want these cards to be 2, 3, 4K even, ideally. Um, but also, we don't need... Um, 15 position changes a week in your club, you know, you need, you know, I'm quite happy with four or five that are probably doing me absolutely perfectly. Um, The fact that they're pushing more than that out um, tells me they want to lower the price.
0: Yeah. And they kind of created this problem themselves by, you know, not putting them in packs enough, which to me, that would have been the easy fix. Just put one fewer contract and one more position change sorted. But hey... Might as well make it an SPC, right? Matt, where do you stand on this? Do you feel like they give a shit at all about this bullshit way of trading for casual players to go in there and just make boatloads of coins for relatively no experience in trading?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? They're, they're obviously putting these in there in more abundance now because I, I imagine the first couple of weeks demonstrated how necessary they were for people who were still figuring out their best team and were switching positions like every other game probably so a lot more of them were getting used up so there was fewer on the market which created an opportunity for the traders and then the people with no coins couldn't change positions and that causes problems for, for players right um, and I think we touched upon this in the last episode to be able to trade one card all year round and make millions that's that's not good for anybody really that's going to upset the market big time sorry Hunter <laughs> <laughs> I know you made your, your fame happens. and fortune with it, but it's well, I've it's, had to adapt. Yeah, exactly. And and you and you will continue to do so, but they made that far too easy. The the last thing EA want is for people to be able to trade their way out of buying FIFA points in the first couple of weeks of the game when that's the most likely opportunity they only get to get you to spend them. Um so they, they messed up their big time. I think it it's for my own anecdotal experience when I first got into this year's game I was struggling to find a team all right I was using position changes dozens of times per day because I was taking players changing positions trying a formation didn't like it changing them back I was changing their positions three or four times a day so I was flying through them now I'm kind of settled I don't need that much so I can kind of live off the five that they give you in that SBC a week and I'm very rarely going to use more than that now, and I imagine that's going to be the case for most people and if you're savvy enough you'll just buy the play you want with the appropriate position change already applied and then you don't even have to dip into that market right and and that's where we're now making a lot of our coins from. We are providing the service to the people who don't want to mess around with position change cards that we' are presenting you and Emil Smith Row converted to cam with a hunter applied for just a minor tax. And we're making our coins and you're getting the card you really want. So
0: yay for us. Everybody wins. Yeah. I love it. Let's dive into the gameplay a little bit because we saw a video that Boris sent uh, viral on YouTube, or at least on the FIFA community. And he did a speed test. And what he ended up doing was, and we'll we'll put the link to the video in the show notes, but so he had a second player controlling a, a ball carrier, He took off running at the same time. He synced it and he was chasing him down with a Benzema. One of the Benzema's had a Hunter. One had an Architect. So one was lengthy, one wasn't. The one that wasn't lengthy was obviously the Hunter. And to me, this test wasn't even close. The Hunter Benzema outperformed the Lengthy Architect Benzema by a long shot. Now, he did say at the end of his video that's not 100% conclusive, although that particular one showed that if your sprint speed isn't maxed out with Lengthy, It's not exactly beneficial for you. Now, for a player like Holland with 99 sprint speed and lengthy, it's going to be amazing because he's basically going to be able to outrun everybody or at least not be caught by the fastest defenders. So it's very eye-opening video that he did. I'm glad he did it because it was interesting to see the mechanics of how this works. And Matt, you kind of touched on this that you said a long time ago, you feel like lengthy attackers aren't necessarily as advantageous maybe in the early days because all you had to do was run away from players but now that we have 78 plus pace centre backs everywhere you look I mean there's so many players with with great pace at the back is it as critical in your opinion on the front or on the back to be lengthy?
1: I was going to say in the middle not to spoil your question (laughs) but I think it's it's Yeah, lengthy in the middle Um, Mm. you definitely don't want lengthy at your back Um, basically well you might Where we're at is, I think we touched upon this before, Lengthy for forwards is good if you are an out-and-out counter-attacking player where you know you're going to be playing up against an opponent's high back line, you're going to have loads of space to run into and you can keep your striker moving in a straight line at maximum pace. If you're a good player and you need to change direction once in a while and pass it around the box, lengthy serves you zero benefit whatsoever. You need explosive or controlled with a high amount of sprint speed, ideally uh, an acceleration. Whereas I find lengthy across the board is really good for wide players because you're just running into very long uh, lengths at a time in the wide channels, it can be good for center backs for chasing backwards. Um, but I think it's kind of devolving into um, a game of pop, uh, rock, paper, scissors, to be honest, because it's going to be situational against whoever you're playing against. If you've got a lengthy, Defender, but you're up against a, a high 90s explosive striker and they only need one or two yards to get on the end of a through ball and then slam in a shot, Lenphy's not going to save you there. But if you're in a foot race, then Lenphy will no doubt prevail more often than not. Um, so now that we understand it all a bit more, we're seeing the quality of cards evolve a lot more, things are becoming a bit more balanced, which is good. The propensity for people to use Lenphy on every card they get is, is falling away quite quickly at this point and I think that was reflected in some of the the price dips we've seen in um, icons because after that first week when the, the news about Lenfie broke so many icons went to the moon because people realised they could use a Van Nistelrooy or an Alan Shearer for example because no one ever went anywhere near but it suddenly became useful because of Lenfie which is great but when they realised ha if I have to actually change direction I'm fucked they become worthless again <laughs> and that's kind of where we've gotten to. So the the interest obviously simmered down because it's the same old icons, but I also think their usefulness, it went up very quickly and has also come down just as quickly again. And and this is kind of where we're at. I like lengthy for central midfielders and fullbacks. I think those are absolutely incredible uses for the lengthy accelerate, particularly in getting your attacking moves started. You can sort of burst through those first lines of defence against your opposition. And then do the dirty work with people who have explosive or controlled. Oh. Where you're going to have to work for your goals a little bit more, but that's kind of where we're at, in my opinion.
0: Dirty and lengthy. I like it, Paul. Do you prefer lengthy defenders or lengthy attackers? If you had to pick one,
2: defenders, I think. But I think as well, if you can get a lengthy attacker who, like, is only just lengthy. You know, he's got sort of low eighties um, agility. And decent balance, decent pace and high strength, that's probably um best of both worlds when it comes to lengthy. But using somebody who, you know, is struggling mm-hmm. to stand up because his balance is that bad, um, it it's not gonna work. It's good well, I say it's not gonna work, it does work because people have smashed me this weekend doing it, you know, with, with cards like <clears throat> Harland, but you've got to play a certain way. And I don't necessarily find that way Um, loads of fun. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, the novel is sort of wearing off, in it? And um, these cards, have they got any balance as strikers or attackers um, are sort of falling by the the wayside a little bit. And I watched a review on Falcao the other week, um, you know, and that's just one person's opinion. But um, he played him lengthy and not lengthy and he preferred the the extra sort of passing and pace than he did the that lengthy animation. But like you say, Matt, I think in midfield, um where you can do a sort of heel to heel and, and excel or, you know, step overs to accelerate past people, and in your full backs that's that's a perfect perfect place for it place for it. But um, I would be interested to see a little bit more conclusive data on those um you know a few more like boris's but with a few more players over varying distances it'd just be interesting wouldn't it um i can't be asked to do it myself but it'd be interesting if somebody did do it my, immediate, it anyway. um,
1: my immediate reaction to boris's experiment was it, was it was a cool thing to try out and see it in terms of those two planes where you can see the two benzemers running side by side and see it for yourself but I immediately said to you, I it's like I need to see that with, with other cars because I don't think it's going to be universally the same. I'm pretty sure height yeah. and weight are going to play a part in it and it's going to yeah. suit some players more than others and Benzema's just not the right one, I don't think. Um, that's something perhaps uh, the community will, will, will dip into a bit more. And again, there's perhaps still a little bit more to understand out there, but um Yeah, I I can imagine someone like a Paul Pogba who I used a lot in the first two weeks of this game who felt incredible with a a lengthy Accelerate. He won't be anywhere near as good with a Hunter. I'm quite Mm -hmm. convinced about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think the longer the game goes on, the less lengthy will matter. In my opinion, I think it's going to be more about the explosive or even the controlled probably because once we get better and better cards, you know, they're going to move different, they're going to move better. And you're not going to need that gimmicky style of of lengthy speed i guess that was very good early on what about the rest of the gameplay i know paul and matt y'all have played way more than me over the last few weeks have you noticed passing to be much different now than it was let's say three weeks ago before this first patch you know everybody always says well the game the game's fine you know don't patch it, don't patch this, don't patch that. I really feel like that's the case again this year. I feel like they've made the game, I guess, more rewarding for your average player and less rewarding for your better players because there's so much assistance. I feel like there's too much assistance in the game, too much automation. So often you get these phantom touches or these phantom passes that go nowhere near where you're aiming because of the assistance and of the vision of the player and and everything else. And I'm not saying there's no skill gap because obviously there's still a skill gap. I get pummeled every now and then still. But I feel like it's it's a game of chance more now than it was before. Is that a fair statement, Paul?
2: Yeah, I think so. But I'm also in um, sort of two minds with it as well because since the patch, I've also had, well, at least one night where... The gameplay was amazing. Passes went exactly where I aimed them. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Um, but that is definitely not the norm. And I don't think I had one game like that this weekend. But last week, um, I think I played on like a mon- random Monday night or something. And it just felt so crisp. It felt uh, amazing. Um, I don't know what it was like for my opponents, but on my side, it was great. And I sort of romped up the divisions in one night Um and I know like you get a bit biased you know like I'm winning games so they but it was like the game di- the, I stomped up the divisions because the game were doing exactly what I asked it to Um and they want all this ping pong and uh, tackles being missed and just random shit happening uh, but you know I feel like we're going to be here as old men or older men saying the exact same shit in 20 years fucking time. <laughs> like, oh, the game were amazing last week, but this week it's shit a lot. Um, do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. we could, you could yeah. grab a random podcast from two years ago and we'll be having this same conversation because um, yeah. the game is different for everyone. Like all, all four of us, three of us could jump on the game now and play a game and all three of us have different experiences completely and then tomorrow we'll all have different experiences again which it shouldn't be like that should it? Um, no. You know and I'm not going to complain much about it I I'm, I say I'm not going to complain much about it because it is what it is and I still choose to fucking play the game um, but I think I play the game in the hope that the next time I go on it might just be that that spell where everything just goes right and it feels great but they are few and far between it seems but before the patch there was a lot more of it being great than post patch
0: yeah and I, I kind of wonder how much of that can be contributed to or can be attributed to crossplay. and I know there's still a lot of people who claim that PC users are using cheats around their anti-cheat system I don't know because really you can't tell if you're playing somebody on PC or Xbox or or whatever console it is because it just shows a a universal icon that's not yours. So it's kind of weird, but I have seen a a couple of pros that that say that, you know, there's, there's certain cheats that you can use on PC that are green timed every time or, you know, perfect power and perfect headers, you know, contact on crosses. But, you know, that video we put out on the YouTube channel, the Footballers YouTube channel, it's still relevant. They haven't touched that corner routine. And I've been using it in rivals and champs. I'm scoring at least one a game in rivals with the, the little crossing technique from in swingers and out swingers. Um, I've scored a few where they move the keeper. It's just a matter of really, it's just a matter of chance if they move the keeper. But if you time the header, right. And I don't mean green time. I mean, if you start your power up for two bars, right. As that balls at the apex, like it says in the video, it goes in, you just have to aim it. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's a broken mechanic or if that's how it's designed to work, but it's very effective. If you want to practice that and get it down, well worth it. I've
2: had people doing it this weekend. They're not just scoring headers, scoring bicycle kicks and volleys and all sorts just yes. from that corner technique, just whacking it in nearly full power. And um, yeah, like center back scoring bicycle
0: kicks. Yeah. It's like power headers. They, they just they hit the back of the net from way out. It's crazy. You know, Matt, I saw you shaking your head, Matt. Have you tried this yet, this technique? Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, it took me a while to sort of get the hang of it. I can't do it quite as consistently as you are. And it sounds like you're having an amazing time with it. But um, if I don't score, I'm causing chaos in the box with it. Like people have yeah. to have a, a defender on the line to stop me from scoring semi-regularly with it. And like you say, it's not. The, the original tip, I think, was for, for outswinging corners, but it, it works just as well with inswing as well. Yep. I've kind of gotten that down now. Sure so that's cool. What people tend to do to try and counter you doing it is bring the goalkeeper out to sort of the edge of the six-yard box and they can try and catch it. I found it, if they do that, just basically put your um, your direction. So it's um, basically going right across the face of the goal and it flies over their head and so on at the back post then gets a chance to score. So you can sort of adjust to their their counter to it fairly well. And I don't really look at it as, as a cheat because it's another routine that needs to be defended properly and it can be stopped. It's not a, a goal every single time. What's even more effective than what we're talking about is how relatively easy it is to score from short corners. You can put a routine together and get a ball into the box across the ground for a tap in fairly easily. People have been doing that since day one. So yeah. I think this is just um, a different way of taking advantage of, of, of set pieces, which hasn't been a reliable way of scoring goals in FIFA for, for, for quite a while. So I'm I'm open to it. It also requires you to have a certain player type. Like say if you have tall, powerful, head as the ball, power header trait, all helps with this as well. I don't really see a problem with it. It's not a guaranteed like, goal every single time kind of... Uh, mechanic abuse it's not quite at that level it's just an, a, an effective routine one of many which you need to have in your arsenal I think
2: I brought my keeper out yesterday to try and um, sort of stop somebody from doing that because somebody scored two goals from corners in first half against me yesterday so I brought my keeper out mm. and he just curled it straight into the net direct which I think that's the first time that's happened but I have seen other people doing that when people um you know, bring the keepers out to try and intercept the cross. You can just sort of curl it. I think if you sort of put it a meter, a meter in from the edge of the six yard box, the 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 hoop line, and curl it in with about three bars, I think it just curls into into net. This is good though because you
1: remember, like for the last couple of years, at least, maybe even longer, people would just aggressively move their keeper out in into the box. They'd just grab everything. You couldn't score a header. It was yeah. almost impossible. The goalkeepers were so aggressive and there was no way to really punish them for it. Now we have something whereby you, you can either go straight up with this routine and, and attempt to whip a corner in with pace and head it in. If they bring the goalkeeper out aggressively, you can try and curl in for a direct goal, which is cool and you pull one of those off or just whip it right across the top of their heads and, and they can't intercept it. So there's... Ways and means to to counter it and then re-counter the counter, which that's all good FIFA in my opinion. But back to the original point about things being a bit ski-whiff after the patch or whatnot, or areas of the game we're not content with, I, I could reel off a laundry list of, of very minor problems that I'm not happy with that I wish they would fix. I won't go into them, though. But the one thing I think that spoils this game as it stands right now is the over-effectiveness of outside the foot shots. They are ridiculous Mm. and there are so few players who can do it in real life, but they've given this trait to so many players now. So if they've got outside the foot trait and decent long shots, they just fly in from all sorts of distances, silly angles, that spoils the game for me because you think I'm defending the situation perfectly and then they do something stupid like that and and a ball just flies in. That's so annoying. Get rid of Even it.
0: players without the without the outside the foot trait can do it. I mean like 35 meters don't have the trait, doesn't matter. They still fly in. And it's like it freezes the keeper. Like he just like stands there like, oh, I can't do anything because he used outside the foot shot. But we were talking about crosses just now, and that leads us into community questions, which R. Jonesy had a question about that, and I think we might have covered it, but his question was tips for defending crosses. I'm really struggling and never had before lots of air swings on headers from manually controlled defenders who seem to be in good position. Pompeo responded and said, I like to move them as close to the attacker as possible. Instead of trying to clear or intercept, sometimes it seems you're in a good position, but it just goes over your head and you get a silly animation. Is this some of the stuff you were talking about, Matt, when you're trying to defend these, these crosses?
1: Yeah, it does happen from time to time. And I think, the in game engines given more priority now to the strikers on this kind of thing, particularly if they're just a little bit faster than the center back and they can just get just marginally ahead. They will sort of dominate that situation. And then there are some clear weird ones whereby it looks like you're set underneath where the ball's about to land. You're in the perfect position to head it. And then like a smaller player just gets there before you and they score a goal is, is super annoying. I think you can scratch your head and come up with ways to defend the ball once it's on top of you like that. I think the best solution is just to stop the cross. It's not something we've had to worry about a lot in FIFA for the last few years. Now it is. Stop the cross. Having fullbacks that can actually defend is important in this game, not Mm. just ones that are fast and good at going forward. You need uh, fullbacks with some centre-back type qualities to stop these crosses routinely, and it's
0: far less of a problem that way. Yeah, and keeping with defenders, Marius Quintus asks given the way defensive stats work this year, what are your thoughts on when to use shadow versus anchor Kim style on center backs in the past? I always slapped shadows on center backs to max pace. This is a good question. I find myself this year relying more on anchor for certain items because sometimes they lack like Tiago Silva was a great example. He had enough pace to where I feel anchor gave him enough pace boost. He's also lengthy, but he got a defensive and physical boost because his physical stats weren't quite where I would like them to be for a center back. So I've been using anchor on him. I think it's just a matter of the stats on the card. So if you have a really strong center back that lacks defensive awareness or pace, slap a shadow on him. If you feel like he needs more physicality, slap an anchor. That's how I go through the decision-making process of which one to use. And I think that's sound advice unless you guys have anything else. I've got a very
1: simple way of, of looking at it. But it, I don't know if you remember when we first started doing this podcast on to I, I used to get laughed at because I used to use anchor routinely instead of shadow. So I'm just saying it's all come full circle now. But yeah. generally, if your defender already has 80 plus pace, put an anchor on it. If it has below 80 pace, put a shadow on it. That's kind of like a loose law that I sort of apply to it. If the defender's already fast, you need more physical and more defending stats. If they're a little bit slower, you need more pace.
0: That simple. Yeah. And you really see it on well, cards like Koulibaly. He's so strong that whenever somebody's coming after him, you see them, you know, you're playing against the person who likes to sprint and you attack him just as he starts to sprint. Koulibaly demolishes the attacker. He literally just plows right through him, puts him on his ass. I think that's why it's important to have physical center backs, not so much fullbacks, but center backs need to have strength. Paul? Yeah.
2: I've got a catalyst, I think on my Koulibaly just because he's, his passing's so bad. Um, It's dog shit. I've got, I've got stuck a few times and it's cost me goals more so than his defending. So, um, I've gone with a catalyst and I haven't played enough games yet to notice anything I don't think. But, um, I do go with uh, passing chem style sometimes on my, on my centre backs. And I think with full backs. Powerhouse is good for stuff like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got a powerhouse on, um, one of my, one or two of my sort of start of game fullbacks, just because it gives the boost in the right places. Um, I've noticed as well with the crossing. Um, I've been trying to use a little bit stronger, bigger fullbacks to try and to try and stop that, but nothing seems to stop that. If uh, some of the crosses at the moment, people just seem to get goal side and knock them in, which is is highly frustrating, especially if they're just spamming them. You know, I appreciate a good cross, and I think we should be able to score crosses, and I think the balance is probably right in the game at the moment. But there's some people who just seem to be so good at spamming certain crosses, and they just absolutely nail it. And that that annoys me a little bit. But it's same with anything, in it? People get really good at certain aspects of the game, and they do it really well. Um, and that's down to you to to counter that I suppose on the
1: topic of crosses very quickly before we we move on to the next thing I don't know if you guys have noticed this in your gameplay but every now and then I'll come up against a player who uses outside of the foot crosses I don't mean to like whip it into the box but to just switch the play from one wing to the other and they seem to execute way faster than a normal like lobbed pass from one
0: side of the pitch to the other so it gets people up the field a lot faster I see that quite a lot interesting we have one more question and this is from Dustin Paul. I'm going to come to you on this one. I'm sure you'll give us an insightful answer. When do you think women players will be integrated into foot and who will be the first one to make your starting 11?
2: Um, When a professional um, women's footballer becomes good enough to play in the Premier League is when um, or even top flight, not even top flight, even professional men's football like it's a different game in it. it's not the same game, um and people make comparisons the different sports, so why we're we trying to join them together. Do you know what I mean um, and that's not not to say there ain't great women footballers out there in comparison to women, but if we if we have it right, none of them are going to get in to be able to play for Bradford City, let alone in Premier League um but you know what? If they want to bring them in, or some make some fun cards that uh, are just absolutely outrageously good, sling them in. Who cares? Do you know what I mean? I'm not that bothered, really. But, yeah, it's... it's There'd be an outrage if there were. They really would. But I couldn't get two shits, really. If she scores me more goals in weekend league and gets me better rewards, I couldn't care if it's man, woman, or... Anything anything else in between?
0: Yeah. I would love to have an Alex Morgan in my squad. That'd be great. As long as she's good. She's getting in. It's a good question, I think. Yeah. Um let's move on to hot takes before we say anything that gets Paul in trouble.
2: Hot takes.
0: Okay. First hot take comes from Marius Quintus. He said, Hey EA, what is with the SBCs this year? Yeah, let me hand in an overall 85 rated players and 10 others, and the off chance the 80-plus player you give me in exchange isn't dog shit. If I wanted to play your casino, I'd buy packs. What say you, Matt?
1: I think he's answered his own question. It's like it is yeah, a form I, I of gambling, agree. right? And you've got to do something with your uh, non-tradables, so you're going to stick them into some sort of SBC at some point. It's just a matter of you picking what which one you think of relevant interests to you, but it is gambling. End of story. Yeah. Unless, you know, it's something that you've got a guaranteed outcome and then it's going to be very expensive. We know how those work, right? But, yeah, the whole system's uh, a socially acceptable casino. We've said this for a long time.
0: Yeah. And even more so now, I mean, if you're doing the 80 plus player SPC, I feel like the chances of you getting a usable 80 plus player at this point is slimmer than it will be six months from now. So because we're going to have so much more content, right? Especially if they had several different promo packs in these, you know, like they do for player days or whatever it may be. But to me, like during Black Friday, that would be the time you would want to do these when they have several different versions of cards, you know, past cards that are, you know, great and usable. But right now, I mean, if you don't like it, don't do it, I guess is the best way to go about this. I mean, if you know it's not good value, don't do it. That seems to be the smart way to go about it. And I haven't done many of these repeatable SBCs except for the free position change ones that they give us. But Dustin wants to know, it seems pack weight is heavier this year and you're more incentivized to buy packs. He said he's been extremely lucky with packs, either with coins or FIFA points. The question is, is are they doing this to flood the market, to drive prices on fodder down, to de-incentivize monopolizing of certain cards? Or are they tracking, for example, persistent changes and applying soft bands? Or he wants to know, is it purely greed? and to increase motivation to spend more money. I think that's the answer to this question. Um, I, I, I have noticed the gold rare pack weight for me personally is much greater this year than it has been last year and, and previous years. Have you guys noticed the same? Are you pulling more fodder graded cards than in previous years at this point in the game, Matt?
1: My anecdotal experience says yes, um, which is no bad thing, but I haven't spent any any money on on packs or anything. So it's not just about patch you open with FIFA points. It seems to be across the board. And the only rationale I can have for that is they know they've, they've obviously got a schedule of all the special promotions they're putting out and you're going to want to move past these golds very quickly anyway. So they don't mind giving you a few more of them to begin with to get you sort of team built. You get into the, the flow of upgrading your team every week. Eventually you'll probably crack and buy some FIFA points. I don't have a problem with it, though, either, because it is a business at the end of the day. They're there to make money. It's not a a service. So we can't complain that they want to sell you stuff. And again, like we said in the previous question, if you don't like it, don't buy it. It's as simple as that. But this is one of the easiest FIFA's or ultimate teams, I should say, so far to make coins relatively easily. It seems to be very generous with what it's paying out in packs. So what is there to complain about?
2: I... I've had pretty decent pack weight, but um, I don't know if it's generally better. If you ask George, George's third walkout of the year was Brolin in his hero pack this today. Um, he's packed, <laughs> like, and that's bad. And he's played most weekend leagues, rivals to, you know, a decent standard level, division four or five, it's just look at the draw, and it really is. Sometimes packs are great, sometimes they're absolutely shit.
0: And sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit.
2: I see people like Pie Face open pack after pack after pack um and get nothing. Um But that's all forgotten about then when he has like three packs in a row that are profitable. Yeah, I think the this market as well also makes you see there's just so many cards we get a lot more packs as well than we used to you know three years ago you won't get any of the amount of packs from milestones you know 125k packs and 100k packs um every week or every other week from milestones is not you know we'd have to wait till christmas for that type of thing but now you you are getting more packs aren't you um but I still do think it costs you a lot of money to get a huge amount of coins. You know, you want to get a five mil coin total. You're going to have to spend a lot of money to get that unless you're really lucky along the way.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I'm seeing a lot more, a lot more fodder rated cards. I guess you would say in my packs that I'm getting from awards, which is a good thing. We can always use those. We just need better player SBCs to use them in. It's just my take. And that, my friends is going to wrap us up for this longer than usual episode of footballers, but it had been a while. So we had a lot to talk about. And I just want to let you guys know that I wanted to challenge myself to see if I could host a pod and trade at the same time and see how many coins I would make. Would you like to know how many coins I made over the last hour, Paul?
2: No, because you didn't tell me we were allowed to trade while we were doing the podcast. On oh, the
0: you do it all the time. I do hear
2: you. I am fully concentrated every second of this podcast. Mm.
0: Well, I made 90K in you
2: well. I made 25, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really. I hadn't, I hadn't traded one card. I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: I was telling him before we started recording, I was buying up Lorente Shadows at 28,000 a piece, thinking I'm going to lose my ass on these. And they've all sold for 33,000. Insane. And
2: I think that's where you're doing really well, Hunter, where most people you see would buy one or two, maybe three of those cards. I think when you're doing it, you're just going all in each time and buying thirty or forty, whatever you're buying. And that's how you that's how you lose your ass, but that's also yes. how <laughs> you you make a lot of coins. And if you're winning more than you're losing, you you're still making
0: coins, you know? It's risky. Yeah, it's high risk, high reward, right? You gotta risk it to get the biscuit, man.
2: It's a good time to do it as well. People have just packed La Liga heroes, they're gonna build a La Liga team. La Liga's still very popular and he's a good card, isn't it? Uh, right back and centre mid. So, you know, good shout. Yeah,
0: good stuff. All right. Well, we might have a second episode later this week. We're going to do a little special on lengthy, explosive, and controlled. Some breakdowns, some numbers, some tests. We'll see how it goes. But where can they find you on Twitter and Twitch now, Paul?
2: Right foot. W-R-I-G-H-T-F-U-T. Right fucking foot. I'm going to try and stream maybe twice a week but definitely once a week going forward uh, once on a weekend and then maybe once through the week see how it goes
0: good stuff Matt
2: yeah at Lambo Matt with one T on Twitter or holler at me in
1: Discord
0: sounds good you can follow the show on Twitter at FootballersPod you can follow me on Twitter at TheFootHunter and if you're not in the free Footballers Community Discord it's really growing you need to get in there it's in the link click the link in the show notes come say hello get involved we'll talk to you guys later on in the week See you, See you right
1: White, Piggy Fancy. White, Piggy Fancy. White Piggy
0: Fancy. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network